0: This is The Rounds Table. Uh, welcome back, Rounds Table listeners. We have a very different format in store for you today, but I think you're going to like it. Uh, I'm joined by uh, uh, Yatin, uh, who is a radiologist at North York General, uh, Yatin Chada. Have I pronounced your last name correctly? Oh, you you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> perfect. So, you know, listeners, um, yes, we typically talk about randomized trials relevant to internal medicine, um, but I thought it'd be quite interesting to not talk about randomized trials and instead talk a little bit about finances. This is something that certainly in residency we do not get enough teaching about. Um, And I have become a big fan of Yatin's show, uh, which has taught me Quite a bit about finances that I wish I knew um, when I was a resident. So, uh, Yatan, do you
1: want to just tell the listeners a bit more about um, your show? Hey, Mike, thanks for that kind introduction. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, so, yeah, um, just a bit about myself. Yeah, I, I'm a practicing radiologist uh, at North York General Hospital. I practice general radiology. Uh, my fellowship, my expertise is in musculoskeletal imaging. And then as when I moved to Toronto in 2017 from Calgary, I had a bit of sticker shock. We were looking at the housing market, prices were skyrocketing, and when I came here with my family, my wife and two boys, We decided we needed to learn a little bit more about finance and then in the pandemic when work slowed down i thought there was an opportunity to create something where i could bring something good to the world and and do a deep dive on on finance and so that's where beyond md my podcast was born so what i try to do is every month put out a few episodes where i'm interviewing either subject experts or physicians uh, where we do a deep dive on finance uh, discover people's financial journeys extract lessons from that in hopefully a really digestible way. So the support has been wonderful. I'm really grateful for the physician community in Canada. And the other beautiful thing is it's helped to connect me with my colleagues across the country. So like I tell my wife that I've made more friends in the last two, three years than at any point outside of medical school and residency. And, and for me, that alone makes this all worthwhile.
0: Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, um, my brother went from Toronto to calgary so he had like whatever the opposite <laughs> yeah. of sticker shock is but i remember him saying oh yeah like my wife and i you know we bought a four bedroom home and it was like seven hundred thousand dollars and this is like four years ago yeah. i was like
1: <laughs> I hate you it's crazy I it's, it's so crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know, yes, you know, residents who are listening, um, maybe right now uh, you're not in a financial position to be buying a home. But don't worry, Um, you know, today's episode isn't just going to be about buying a home. I think it'll also be a little bit on demystifying some seemingly complex topics like incorporating. Right. And what on earth does that actually mean? And why do physicians do it? So, uh, Yatin, do you want to give us sort of like a overview of uh, incorporating and and its implications?
1: Absolutely, it's a great place to start. So, a corporation, or we refer to it as a professional corporation, is basically best thought of as this box. And then this is, as this box is essentially once you create it, where your the money that you generate from anything related to medicine could be your clinical work, could be locums. Your your money will generally. Um, As long as it's done for me in Ontario will flow into this box that corporation and then once it's in that box then I can decide well how much money do I need to pull out of that for my own personal use and and the goal is to use what I need personally uh, but then hopefully by the end of the year leave behind enough money inside that corporation because the money left behind in that corporation I'm going to be paying a lower rate of tax on that, like a much lower rate. and and that creates what is called a tax deferral. And so it'll leave me with a larger pool of money at the end of the day, and then I can do different things with that. And ideally, I would be investing that money and allowing that larger pool of money time to grow. Now, later on down the road, that money will eventually have to be pulled out from the corporation. And so down the road, I will be paying tax. You're not saving tax, you're deferring tax. And, and so that's, that's essentially why one, one would incorporate. It's an easy process to do. You would need the help of maybe uh, an accountant or a tax lawyer, or today you can easily do it through the OMA and it, it should not cost you more than about $1,000 to create uh, a professional corporation. So that in a nutshell is, is what it is.
0: Yeah, and uh, I certainly paid much more than a thousand dollars to incorporate. So uh, clearly, we should have had you on. a few No, years I, ago. I, I did too. Um, I, I
1: had some horror stories, like early in the day. Although I was living in Calgary, that's for another conversation. But we've all made our fair share of mistakes along the way.
0: Yeah, and I guess the sort of basic way that I kind of think um, think about incorporating is what's you know what what might you do instead? Well, instead it could just be personal income. So let's say you make. 400,000 bucks, uh, personal tax rate is approximately 50%. So, you know, $200,000 you're taking home and $200,000 is um, sort of waving bye-bye in taxes. Whereas with a corporation, it's a little bit different, right? You're paying corporate taxes, but of course you're also pulling out money, but you're pulling out less than 400,000 bucks so that your personal taxes is less. So Tell me, what have I gotten wrong there? And does that seem kind of correct? No,
1: that, that, Mike, is is a good synopsis. So I will keep the numbers really, really simple. Let's say uh, a physician is earning $500,000. Let's use scenario one. And and let's say that that is all personal income. There's no corporation present in this first scenario. So if you have $500,000 of income that is all personal, your top marginal tax rate is going to be just over 53%. But when you take all the tax rates, your average rate of tax, it's forty. It's about, it's about 50%. To be exact, it's 47%. So of the $500,000, you're keeping $265,000, and you are giving away $235,000 in tax just that year alone. Now, let's go to scenario two and say, this physician doesn't need that $500,000 personally. Let's say they're incorporated. The $500,000 would flow into the professional corporation. This is your, also known as your operating company. You'll hear this lingo as well. And let's say that this physician needs to pull out $300,000 personally. That's going to be their gross income. They will be able to use some of that for paying off their mortgage, paying off their cars, sending their kids to school, traveling the world. The rest of that $300,000 will, will go away to tax. But then there's two hundred thousand that is left inside the corporation, and in Ontario and all provinces have a general corporate tax rate, and then they have a small business tax rate. And in Ontario and most other provinces, if you have less than five hundred thousand dollars left behind in your corporation at year end, then you get to pay that small business tax rate, which in Ontario is between twelve and thirteen percent. So on that retained corporate income, you're paying a lot lower tax today so that you have more money left behind and then ideally you would go ahead and invest that and have a larger pile of money that grows through investing and down the road you'll have to pull it out of the corporation but you're so you're not really saving tax but you're you're deferring tax if that makes sense
0: yeah exactly it does make sense and uh, you know you mentioned you have two kids I have zero kids <laughs> so like right now the you know the amount of money that my wife, Britt and I, we need to live like it isn't that much. Um, so I'm not making 500 grand a year, um, but, but it really resonates with me because I am making X amount per year that's going into the corp. But right now, you know, we can live off, uh, I don't know, let's say 160 grand a year. Okay. Uh, so, so then the rest of that money I'm making is, you know, sticking in the corp. Um, and for us exactly. And what I've learned from your show, of course, is that with the money that then stays in the corp, you know, you can go and invest that, right? Um, through through various different channels. And we won't talk about investing just yet, but let's say, because I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, let's say a resident is listening to this right now and they're like, okay, uh, I want to incorporate right now and this resident is making 70,000 a year, and they have $100,000 in debt. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems like that is the wrong time to incorporate. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you know, in my view, yes, that's the wrong time to incorporate. Now, there will be people out there, everyone has a different spin on things. And there are people out there, Mike, who will listen to what I'm about to say, and they will want to just like strangle me. They're like, why are you telling people not to incorporate right away? In my view, you have to ask yourself five big questions. Um, to discover the answer to as to should I incorporate now? And those questions are, okay, am I making enough money uh, such that I don't need to spend nearly all that money and I can leave money behind in a corporation? That's question number one. Number two, uh, are my student loans paid off? I think that's a big one. You know, in today's environment, I really would emphasize people. I would emphasize to people every day, pay off your student loans, but with interest rates as high as they are. I think that is your risk-free rate. Like you got to pay that off. Question number three, do I already own a home? If you don't plan on owning a home and you want to rent forever, which there's nothing wrong with doing that, this question won't apply to you. But what I did wrong in Calgary was, in my view, I should not have incorporated on day one because we decided very early to buy a home and then everything that went into the corporation got pulled out. I was deferring zero tax. So do you own a home? or do you plan to own a home? Do you have stable income? Like, Mike, you and I have talked about locoming before, and and sometimes people, there's a little bit more uncertainty in in their life. Maybe they're having to move cross-country, maybe they have a family situation. Is your income stable? And then the final question is, are your registered accounts, are they maxed out, like your RRSP, your TFSA, your RESP, or are they nearly maxed out? And we can talk about these accounts more in the investing section, but if you can answer yes to all those questions, then I think for most physicians, there probably is directionally an argument to be made for, yeah, you can consider incorporating. That's how that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, that, that seems pretty reasonable to me, and I remember when I first finished residency, I had a lot of debt um, and I didn't yet have stable income. So I waited a couple years until my debt was paid off. Um, I was making some stable income. I hadn't thought about a house at that point in time. Um, But those sort of, you know, that five sort of step question uh, approach, I I quite like that. Um, And then when you're at the scenario where it's like, Okay, uh, I've walked through those five questions. Uh, uh, I think I'm ready to incorporate. like what are the next steps that uh, that, that that one would do?
1: Absolutely. So you everybody ideally should have uh, a good accountant. Uh, I had my accountant help me incorporate and because this accountant was going to be helping me with my annual personal and corporate accounting, he was able to incorporate me for for $1,200 bucks. You can do that probably even cheaper now with the Ontario Medical Association. And all it involves is registering your corporation through one of these channels with your your governing body in the province. So for me, it would be the CPSO. And the corporation has to be registered with the province. And then also you end up registering with the CRA to get a, a business number. It's, it's, it sounds complicated, but it's just a little bit of paperwork. You can become incorporated probably within within 24 hours uh, just by getting that paperwork done.
0: Gotcha. So it seems like the take-home points are the OMA is your friend when it comes to incorporating and find a good accountant. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I, I made the mistake of sort of first year out going with like H&R Block for a couple hundred bucks for my personal taxes that was a mistake. And then I went with (laughs) an accountant who never worked with physicians, that was a mistake. So it took a few mistakes before I got to where I am now with a really good accountant.
1: Hey, This happens for everybody. It's par for the Mm -hmm. course, I think.
0: And then you mentioned that, um, you know, when you've incorporated your deferring tax, you're not necessarily saving tax. I think, um, you know, the other aspect is sort of what can you write off? And uh, whether it be Sean, uh, Seinfeld or now Schitt's Creek. <laughs> I think both have had this sort of same aspect in episodes. We're like, you just write it off. It's like, you don't even know what that means, do you? So what does it actually mean um, to write something off? And, and is that something you can do um, after you've incorporated?
1: Okay, that that is a great question. I'll just address the first part of that question is, what does it mean to write something off? So when you're writing off an expense, that expense is going to be subtracted from your taxable income uh, at the end of the year. So it's going to be reducing the uh, amount of your taxable income. That that's, that's essentially it. And then you have to figure out, well, uh, which expenses are business income related to the corporation and which expenses are personal income related to my day-to-day. Uh, one of the things that is very confusing is, for example, car expenses, travel expenses. So like going from your work to to the hospital because the CRA for my understanding has quite a strict definition from that like if you're traveling just from your house to the hospital in the eyes of the CRA that may not be a legitimate business expense but what is a legitimate business expense is if you're traveling from hospital to clinic so you, this this takes a a deep understanding so you have to understand what's a personal write off what's a business write off now going to conferences, you know, buying medical textbooks, you know, subscribing to -to up-to-date, you know, your your food at the hospital. To me, those are all legitimate work-related expenses. And so for a physician who is incorporated, yeah, that would basically reduce the amount of taxable income inside your corporation. But the key thing is, you can still write off all of these expenses as a sole proprietor. That means an individual physician who is not incorporated. Like that is the key take home point here. Don't incorporate because you think that's going to allow you to write off more expenses. It's that's not true uh, whatsoever. Now, there's a kind of a deeper part to this question when when people get incorporated and they start learning about more advanced topics, which I'm not going to talk about today such as things like pension plans. Those those things, in fact, do allow you to write off a few additional things like your investment management fees. But apart from that, incorporating really does not allow you to write off more expenses than if you were an individual physician. And that's one of the main take-home points I want to push forward.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great sort of pearl to share. Whether you're incorporated or not, um, you can still have these various write-offs that uh, you've alluded to. Um, so then it seems like one of the key benefits um, to incorporating is that for the money that you're not pay uh, pulling out to pay yourself you know uh, a, a personal salary um, that money is available for investing well listeners uh, that's it for the first of this two-part series uh, tune in again in about one week maybe two uh, for the next part
1: the rounds table is hosted online at healthydebate.ca follow us on Twitter at roundstable. Thanks to our audio editors, Emilio Garcia-Flores and Arjun Sharma. Also thanks to Amol Verma, founder of The Rounds Table, and Kieran Quinn, the previous director. We'd also like to give a big thanks to Seema Marwaha, editor-in-chief at Healthy Debate, for all the support.